Sports Stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio, brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to another edition of Around the Hearn, and as we've had about the last month or so, not a ton going on around the area, just sort of a pick and choose with no sports being played, but a terrific interview for today on tap. Jared Hoying from Fort Loramie. Talk about his time and how he still lives in Fort Loramie. Played at the University of Toledo now in the Korean baseball organization with Hanwha, the Tigers, and a a great uh, look in his mind. I'll be honest with you, it's the first time that I've ever actually talked to him, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. We talked for about forty five minutes, uh, and about thirty of that that you'll hear. But it's neat to always talk to someone who loves where they come from and is a big part of the community there. Uh, his family's still back in Fort Loramie while he's over getting ready just a couple of days from now for the start of his season. And hopefully they are able to air some of those games on TV. We talk about that and about uh, the contracts and everything coming up as well. And uh, only the Korean baseball organization and the league in Taiwan who were actually playing everything else sort of on hiatus and a lot of plans or concoctions of what exactly that's supposed to mean. I know Major League Baseball and the NHL have about 800 different plans and uh, one division that Major League Baseball has, the Reds and the Indians, in the same thing with the Braves, and uh, it's it's a mess. But, uh, you know, you, you look at things going on. The governor's talked about here in Ohio that, Everything's closed for the foreseeable future, but certain things are starting to open up. Uh, businesses will stagger and open uh, May 12th. Schools are now closed through the end of the month. That's everything. It's gyms and fields and, and batting cages and everything. What that means for the summer months, I mean, who knows at this point. Just try to find something good and hold on to it. Uh, the coolest thing I've seen this week, Texas Motor Speedway. They're not using it. NASCAR is going to start in a couple of weeks, but what that schedule is going to look like, what the playoff chase will look like, who knows. Uh, They are still trying to figure out that plan. So they're going to use Texas Motor Speedway to hold graduation for 23 different Texas high schools. They get to to walk down pit road. Their families will sit out and watch in their cars on the giant mega screen they have down there, and they get their diploma in victory lane. I wish there was something in Ohio that they could do like that uh, for a lot of these kids. I know I've got some friends in New York that their kids just found out their entire school year is officially ended, but I I hope the best, and I hope they're able to figure out some things. I know locally they're trying to figure some things out with the smaller schools. Hopefully they do uh, for the kids figure out some things. A couple of newsworthy things around the area looking at athletics. Luke Fackler plays at Kenton High School. who's going to go play football at Trine University. Came out and said on Twitter today, good luck to him. That, that kid can tackle anything. I saw him a couple of times when St. Mary's played him last handful of years, and it seemed like I was saying his name all the time. I'm sure that his dad, Brent, the head coach, is uh, just over the moon about that. And speaking of coaches, Jason Geiser put out a couple of days ago Trey Elkert, the Jackson Center grad, now the head coach of the Wapakoneta boys team after their coach stepped down a couple of weeks ago, said, I just pretty much knew when to call it quits. That 
was the end of it. Um, uh, football, a little different this year, if it happens. Ottawa Gladorf will go back to Division 5 and be part of Region 18 with the new numbers that came out. And it, it kind of got lost, I'll be honest with you, a little bit with the uh, enrollment numbers coming out because of nothing going on and all the attention kind of being paid the other way. But LCC St. Henry and Spencerville all dropped down to Division 7 and Region 28. Handful of teams from uh, Region 28 go up to 20 or go sideways, I guess you'd look at it, to 26. Nobody really making big moves up or down, just uh, a handful of local teams. Like I said, Spencerville, LCC, and St. Henry all staying in that uh, rain. And rain is what normally cancels Lima Land. But this year, it's going to be the coronavirus along with the Lima Men's Golf Championships. Those will both be back next year. And uh, I don't know, Lima Land, <laughs> they need some luck in the worst way. It seems like every year it's the rain, but it's such a, uh, a great place to spend a couple of nights every week. And uh, I hope they get back on their feet as well. But uh, the other thing, it, one of the big things I read this week I thought was neat, I wanted to share, was Columbus Grove has the McClure family, and I swear every one of these girls is an amazing athlete, and I've had the uh, the luck to cover most of their high school careers. Sydney McClure tore ACL when she was at Ohio Northern, and uh, there's a great read about her up on onusports.com about how she came back, took her fifth year, and uh, finished in a, a relay as the anchor for fourth place in the indoor championships and just uh, just a great lead in perseverance about not giving up, and that's pretty much what you'd expect, toughness and not giving up if you're looking at a member of the McClure family. Coming up, Jared Hoing in just a few minutes talks about playing baseball and his time in Korea here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer could come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. While we might not have baseball here in the United States, they're getting started in about a week in Korea, the KBO, and getting ready for their season. Jared Hoying now in his third season playing for the Hanwha Eagles, and that's uh, that's a lot to take in that you're one of the only leagues in the entire world right now that's playing. It's kind of surreal, actually. Um, you know, this whole situation, you never, you know, nothing, I feel like nothing ever really affects sports. You know, there's always going to be sports on. Um, you know, growing up, even up until this, you click on ESPN or something to watch on TV. But uh, now there's nothing, no live sports to watch. So kind of being really the only league in the world to be actively playing um, or getting close to playing is kind of surreal, actually. Well, you mean the cornhole and random bar games aren't doing it for you? Darts and cornhole, just, just not cutting it. I love, love playing them, but just, you know what? I just miss a baseball game or a basketball or a football game. I'd imagine those would make you feel like home, though. That sounds like a Saturday night in Fort Loring. Oh, there's been plenty of nights sitting in the garage playing darts or sitting in the backyard playing cornhole. So, oh, yeah, that, there's there's been a lot of nights doing that. 
I can only imagine how highly competitive that gets after a while, though. Maybe they should have just brought the cameras to lower me. After a while, they, it gets pretty entertaining. It, it just it don't matter what sport you're playing or or if you're playing cards. Or like you said, corn old darts. It's uh, competitive juices are pretty strong in Fort Laramie. You know what's funny though is uh, depending on how long this goes on, that might be NK Telco's next venture. They just go around Shelby Mercer County. They got they if they would if they would have a competition between Shelby County and Mercer County or Shelby County versus Oldway County, it could. It could get quite competitive. You can make up some good stuff, I'm sure. Right, the ratings will go through the roof. Maybe I'll talk to a guy over there. But you you would uh, try to watch that, I would imagine. I, I've heard that anything that you can absorb, whether it be radio or TV games, that you watch. Oh, absolutely. Shoot, anything from back home I I watch. I uh, It's kind of a good story here. My first year over in Korea, the you know Fort Laramie boys were in the state tournament run in baseball. And it was their state finals, and it was, I think, about 11 o'clock Korea time, 11 p.m. Um, Korea time, which means 10 a.m. Eastern time, um, the boys played their state finals game. And I remember getting a couple beers down at the gas station and going up. My wife and daughter were sleeping in the hotel room after the game. And I sat in, the, in our bathroom, had a few beers, and I listened to that bowl game. And I'll never forget that because just listening to the boys win that state championship just brought so many memories from when we won it back in 2007. So, so yeah, I, I listen to anything Fort Laramie, anything back home. I'm always reading, watching out for it. Well, it's kind of cool because I've I've gotten to see the last handful of years. I have some uh, terrific people from out that way, and Corey Britton, the boys' basketball coach, I consider a pretty good friend. And to get to to see that run a couple of years ago that they had, and to think you're somewhere thousands of miles away. Probably, do people look at you weird as you're going down the street listening to that, kind of cheering? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I everywhere I walk, I kind of get looked at funny. I'm six foot three, and, you know, it's a lot of shorter people around here, and so I kind of stick out like a sore thumb. So, uh, even on the bus, I'll be on the bus. I'll listen to some basketball games, and I can remember this vividly. I'd be cheering and kind of making a gesture of a big shot, and my translator would just kind of look at me and go, what the heck is wrong with you? And I just tell them, oh, don't worry about it. Just my local high school team's going through a tournament run right now or my local baseball team's going through a tournament run. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of good memories. Well, and that's kind of a neat thing to, to keep connected to home. And it, it's obviously easier now with technology. And we talked about FaceTime before we went on about, uh, you know, how often do you get home? So I'm, I still live in Fort Laramie. Got a house in Fort Laramie. So whenever the season's over, um, go back home. That's kind of home base for me. Just uh, do a lot of hunting, a lot of fishing, relaxing, catching up with friends and family. Um, so I'm home for a couple months, and then once spring training starts, I'm you know back on the road again. But uh, yeah, Fort Laramie is always going to be home for me. I'm I'm not leaving that place. <laughs> so basically, you're a Luke Bryan song. That you could you could pretty much sum it up for that. I got a house <laughs> now. I got some land. Someday I'm going to build a house on a big pond and a little bit of a wood. So uh, oh yeah, I'm just a just a small town kid just doing some crazy stuff right now. You, you kind of you think back a little bit, and I, and I always love to kind of go the theory of where you've come from to where you are. You go through Lower Me, you go through UT, you get picked by the Rangers. You tell that kid you're going to have kind of an, uh, an odd jersey from or an odd journey from how you think maybe it'll go, but at the end you'll have you'll have a wife, you'll have the kids, you'll have a house in Fort Lower Me. He's I would imagine he'd be pretty stoked. He'd be, 
he'd be pretty stoked as right. And it's just, it's one of those, that's what's crazy about baseball. You know, I, I just growing up, you know, you never think about going to a division one college. You never think about getting drafted. You just play the game because you love it. And you get, you're so competitive that you just want to be good at it. So you practice so hard and you just do anything you can to be good. And then you go along, you go along, you get more opportunity and more opportunity. And then sure enough, you end up in the minor leagues and end up in the big leagues. And all of a sudden you end up in Korea. And, um, it's just, it's kind of surreal. You know, I'll, I'll probably appreciate it more someday when I'm a little bit older and looking back on it, but it just, you just go one day at a time and you just have absolutely no idea where this game will take you. Well, it's kind of different now, obviously, with everything going on in the world and the way that circumstances are. If you were home, you, you don't know what exactly would be happening. I mean, you're not allowed in the facilities or, you know, you wouldn't be playing, but at least now you're getting to play and keep in shape. And, you know, I would imagine the ultimate goal would be return home and play. Oh yeah. Yeah. Obviously the, you know, everybody, everybody wants to play in the big leagues. Everybody, you know, that's everybody's dream. Um, but right now, you know, those guys aren't paying or aren't playing. They're not getting paid. They're not getting paychecks right now. Um, they're kind of getting a little bit of money from the players association. Um, you know, a guy like me, you know, I was a bubble guy. I was kind of that guy that bounced up and down from the big leagues to triple a, um, I'd be in a tough spot right now. If you're counting on getting those paychecks and all of a sudden they're not coming, it makes you sweat a little bit. Um, so fortunately, being over here, um, you know, we're still getting paid to play baseball. So it's, uh, in a weird way, it's kind of a blessing right now that, um, I'm able to play over here. And, um, I, I kind of feel for those guys in the big leagues, you know, half the guys are making multi, multi million dollars where they can afford not to play. And, so be and let this thing clear out where the other half need to play now because they got bills, they got kids to feed, they got mortgages, they got car payments, and it's 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 kind of an interesting situation. After Texas, after the Angels, how did Korea come about? Oh, so Korea was kind of a just after you know, I spent five years in Round Rock and AAA. Um, got to the big leagues in sixteen um, that off season, I got a phone call about coming to Korea, um, to the Kia Tigers for a different team than what I'm on. Um, I was still on a 40 man roster. It just didn't sit right in my stomach. Um, so we turned that offer down, go back to the Rangers in 17. Um, and then, you know, we bounce up and down again. Um, we kind of like, well, I don't know, maybe Asia might be a good option. Ultimately, I end up signing with the Angels. The day I signed with the Angels, I got a phone call that next morning to come to Korea. Um, so pretty much they kind of opened up a suitcase of money and said, come on over. And me and my wife talked about it and said, you know what? We're not getting any younger. Let's go. Let's go over here and see what they have to offer. And it's been the best decision we ever made. Was that kind of a look of where you were going to be in the Angels organization versus where you would be in Korea? Oh, absolutely. From a baseball standpoint, standpoint with the angels that have been probably bouncing up and down kind of been that fifth outfielder type of guy um but coming over here i knew i was gonna play every day i was expected to be the guy you know expected to steal bases hit home runs play good defense um they're going to give you every opportunity to succeed and they wanted you to play every day so that was really appealing to me because i just like i said i still love baseball and getting the opportunity to play every day is huge well, and it's one of those things, too, like you're saying about playing every day. If you do well enough, 
you'll have those guys calling you at a different level anyways. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times you kind of get labeled uh, from the start. You know, I got labeled as a fifth outfielder, sixth outfield type of guy. Uh, a good teammate, a good defensive guy, good base runner, um, holds his own plate. But, you know, that's kind of the extent of it where over here it's like, hey, you're the man. You're going to hit three, four hole every day. We expect you to hit 20 plus home runs, steal 20 bags, drive in 100 runs. So it's just kind of part of the territory over here. And, and that's what makes it fun, too, because. You know, it's on you. You know, it's no politics involved. You just, you just go out and play. So that's from a baseball standpoint, that's why I love it over here. I would imagine that that would be a very refreshing take on, on just let me play the game. Bingo. Bingo. I just play the game and, and do what I do, and it, it's it's an awesome feeling. I love uh, a lot of the interviews you gave over the years I read the last couple of days, and you talked about at one point, you kind of knew things were going to be a little bit different the first time you faced Steven Strasburg when you were coming up and just pretty much, yeah, that guy can throw. He turned out okay. Oh, my goodness. Jeez, I faced him in 2011. He was rehabbing. I was in Myrtle Beach, and he was rehabbing in Potomac. And, you know, you're an A-ball, and you're kind of sizing yourself up. The big leagues are so far, seem so far away. And all of a sudden, Strasburg comes out, and he's, chucking 100 at you with a hammer curveball and you're just like holy cow I got a long way to go before I get to that level and and then you realize as far as you go that okay this guy's something special you know even guys that are established big leaguers still look silly facing him because he's actually that good and uh yeah it's geez I'll, I'll never forget that moment was that a, a walk into the the dugout moment where you looked at the lineup and went wait what oh absolutely absolutely you just kind of and you know you you heard it was potentially happening and then you get out there and see the see his name on the roster and you start and you hear about it and, and then you, you actually get in the batter's box to face him it's just it's, yeah it's, it's kind of surreal actually well it's kind of that old joke too anyways everybody says the hardest thing to do is hit a round ball with a round bat well okay but he's not throwing at 100 miles an hour at you normally Exactly, exactly. You got a special breed like that. He's the number one pick for a reason, an all-star, an MVP, you know, World Series hero. And, and, you know, his accolades are incredible because he's he's a stud. He's going to be a stud for a long time. Well, speaking of guys like that, you do have a hit off a two-time Cy Young Award winner, though. Kluber, that is right. Got him on a changeup. Threw me a changeup. I kind of flipped the bat out there and hit one over the second baseman. Oh, yeah, I remember that. All the while, while they were talking about how you represented Minster High School on TV. As they said, I was from Minster, Ohio. That's like putting salt, it's like putting salt in a wound right there. You know, <laughs> I have Mike Wiss's phone number, though. He would probably love to reminisce about the times you, you played for him. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's, that's the best part because there's I got so many friends and even family from Minster. And uh, we beat Minster uh, my, junior, or my senior year in the regional semifinals. They had a great team. And I hit two home runs that game, and to beat them, to, and obviously we won state in 07, but we still talk about that. My friends from Minster, we still talk about that game to this day, and I'm assuming we're going to talk about that till we're, till we're in the grave. So it's, <laughs> that's the best part about the rivalry. That's the other part of the Luke Bryan song about sitting home making memories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sure, though, uh, if I asked Mike about it, he'd be like, yeah, I, you know, it would have been nice if he wasn't on that team, just, just oh, for a couple of games. He's got- He's got some good stories, absolutely. He's 
oh, Mike's a great coach, and he's done nothing but good things over at Minster. And that's what makes the rivalry even better because both teams are always pretty dominant. Yeah, it's always between him and Harley. I know that I'm I'm going to laugh and have uh, have something to talk about. Oh, geez, you're, you got some stories coming from those two guys. Yeah, I they've know. Been it's, around a, for it's where do I cut it off at? They can talk. They can talk. Absolutely. I see those guys maybe, geez, maybe once every five years. But I always go up to them and say hi just to, just to check in. It's always fun. I uh, I know that you've been able to see it a little bit, but I felt bad for Mike Wiss because the most of everything that happened because not only were his girls in the state final four, he was also getting ready to start baseball season. So he kind of gets that double whammy and he had a team that would have been expected to be pretty good again this year. Oh, Mike had an opportunity to win two state titles, um, you know, in basketball again. and base again. <laughs> and, and to see that not happen or come to, you know, it just felt terrible. I think everybody in the whole state, wanted to see Fort Laramie and Minster playing at state finals and um, assuming that would have happened in basketball. And then I know uh, right around the baseball, he had two stud pitchers. And, you know, he could, you could ride two stud pitchers all the way to state finals in baseball. And it just, you know, even they are from Minster, I feel bad for everybody involved because, you know, you get on a roll like that, you just don't want to stop. Well, the good news is, Laura, I mean, depending on how you look at it, Laura Mee would have been pretty good this year, too. Oh, they'd have, been, they'd have been solid. They'd have been real good. You know, they just kind of reload like always. Would have been like the girls' basketball team. I We talked about at the end of last year when, again, kind of going back to it, they lost to Minster, that they didn't lose anybody, and that was a team that they were on a mission, and they I, I really felt bad for those girls. It felt terrible. I mean, I was probably the Talent-wise, that's probably the best team to come through Lormy. Um, that that's just the talent, the amount of talent they had. They had tall girls, they had quick guards. Um, just just watching them, it's pretty impressive to watch for a high school team. And you know they had it all, but uh, that's that's the way life goes. They'll throw curveballs from now from time to time, and just kind of got to deal with it, and just kind of just rolls the punches, I guess. Well, kind of that similar thing happened for you last year. You hit 18 homers, you knock in 70-plus runs, you're hitting not that far from 300, and then the ankle injury in September sort of sets you back and you guys miss the playoffs. Yeah, it was kind of a weird injury. Um, you know, it just, I, uh, you know, after over the years of fouling so many balls off my shin, kind of got a weird little weak spot on it, and I slid hard in the second base, and just something just didn't feel right, and you know, I was hobbling around, and you know, I had I was coming up on some big numbers. Uh, you know, I need two home runs, two more home runs to get to twenty twenty. And if I'd have done that, I'd have been the only player in the league to go twenty twenty. And you know, I was getting close to hundred RBIs. And um, so I did, like I said, I just couldn't walk, couldn't run. I was hobbling around, I tried to play on it, and after a while, I just kind of said, "Well, I'm not doing anybody any favors by playing on one foot." So just kind of had to shut it down at the end of the season. Was the the injury there worse than the video board in Toronto? Oh, goodness gracious. Because <laughs> I watched that video three times because the first time I heard the pop. And then oh. the, the last two times I was in disbelief that you were cognizant enough to make the throw to keep the runner at bay. Well, everything about that play, everything felt fine, except for the fact that when I hit it, I, my elbow just jammed right in my ribs. And it knocked the wind out of me. I was so mad because I was sitting there laying on the ground because, you know, you're just taught to get up. Don't, you know, shake it off. And 
you'll be fine. Well, I, I couldn't breathe. I felt I was, I thought I was going to die. I was in there suffocating. I knocked the wind out of myself so bad. And, um, so I knew the line would be right there and I'll never forget it. I'm running to that ball. Pilar hit it. I'm sprinting towards it. Check the wall. I said, crap, that's fiberglass. This is going to hurt. Look at the ball. I said, Oh, F, this is really going to hurt. And I catch it and obviously bang myself around and the play happened. I caught it and everything, but yeah, that one didn't feel too good. Yeah, I, the, like I said, the first time I saw that, I was, oh, well, he made the catch. That's the important part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, everybody thought I was crazy after that one. Uh, I'm sure that's why, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyone who knows you, that's that's exactly why. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So you guys are about a week before you start your season. Are, what's Do you have practice? Do you have batting practice? How does that work? So right now we're, uh, we're doing some exhibition games. We're playing uh, some other teams. Um, basically, uh, Korea is the size of Indiana, so you can get to anywhere in the country within a couple hours. So a team will come in or we'll travel to their stadium, play a game and travel back that same night. So it's just kind of a controlled environment, play a game every other day, take BP on the, on the regular day or on the practice days and just try to stay in shape and not lose your mind. I mean, I tell you what, practicing all this time is kind of gets kind of gets old after a while and i think we're all ready for the real thing is uh did i read this right do you guys play in two different stadiums uh well sometimes yeah we actually have a second stadium uh kind of in a smaller town they do that just to kind of promote um promote baseball and just promote uh the team and like a sister city they call it so we got i guess you could say two stadiums but we really only play about six games in our second stadium because I, I thought I saw that one of them uh, talked about with your speed that you would be a perfect addition to their outfield because it's a bigger park. Yeah, yeah, it's a bigger park, and you know, kind of need somebody to run down the uh, run down the gaps. And our center field is real fast, but uh, to have the benefit of somebody that can run some balls down right field is always a plus too. So that's where they threw me at in right field, and been there ever since. Have you thought about? what it's going to be like in a week when you guys get started that it just kind of, and I guess with the exhibition games a little bit now, but kind of the oddity of mostly playing in kind of a, a, a dull environment in terms of sound with no people there. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat. It's going to suck. I, uh, <laughs> that's what I was trying it, to get it, to, but yeah, cause I, and you know, it's just the adrenaline rush you get from walking out, you know, it's go time. You get the, fans cheering the lights are on um you know you got your music playing over here you got cheerleaders dancing everybody's got walk-up songs um it's a it's a party it's a party in the stadium in the stands and and not having that noise that adrenaline rush it's it's gonna get it's gonna be tough so um, you know we're playing exhibition games with no fans and it's pretty dull you're kind of kind of gotta be careful what you say because everybody can hear you you know there's hot mics everywhere and people can hear you what you're saying so it's it's different how was that to your first year when you came over your first game to sort of get used to the, that kind of difference from what it's like in the States? Oh, it, it, it kind of gave me another gear, just that excitement of uh, people just yelling that your name at the top of their lungs is just kind of a surreal moment. You never you know, dream about that. Maybe in the world series of, you know, the bottom of the ninth, you dream of that in the backyard, but uh, to actually have it happen, when you got a whole stadium chanting your name, it's it's pretty unbelievable feeling. And I'm, I'm really going to miss that at the start here 
Um, just not having that fan, those fans and that fan interaction. Well, hopefully, they. I, I read a lot about where they were talking about trying to get the TV rights so people could watch over here at, what, 3 a.m. when you guys are playing. You'll be able to probably hear all of the people yelling from Fort Loramie who are up watching that game. I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hopefully. Hopefully, they do it right. That's that's what the rumor mill is over here. Um, ESPN and the KBO are talking about getting something figured out um, as far as playing the games over in the states. So hopefully, they do it right, and and hopefully, they don't play the games at 3 a.m. Hopefully, they just replay them <laughs> and play them. Who knows at 6 p.m. or something like that. If they would do that, I think any sports fan would love to watch a baseball game right now. I would get up and watch it at 3 a.m., but I would still be up because I'm a nighttime person. <laughs> those people second shifters third shifters would absolutely absolutely love it well i mean you know how that is you, you play in sports you play later at night i cover sports for a living so i i'm a later time person people say oh we're going to work at noon you know whatever we've been there half a day what time are you going to work uh, i don't know about seven bingo bingo <laughs> i right there with you i right there with i know how you are cause i sleep till 10 11 o'clock and and I got people that say, oh, you're just getting up? I said, yeah, but I'm not going to bed till about 2 in the morning. Right, so I'll I be know, at work I know when you're in bed. Bingo. I know where you're coming from. Yeah, it's kind of it's a crazy thing, but it's kind of one of those things where I can't imagine doing anything else. Oh, me neither. I geez, thought of me having a 9-to-5 job right now. It kind of, kind of scares me, actually. I figure I better keep playing baseball for a little while. Right, I got to keep putting time. All right. Well, uh, ultimately, <laughs> everything's done. Uh, baseball's done later, way, you know, 20 years from now in terms of playing. Coaching, is that the is that the thought process? I don't know. You know what? I really have no idea. If, if um, I've thought about it a little bit. Um, I, if I were to coach, I think I'd like to stay in the professional ranks, being like an outfield or base running coordinator. Um, I think that'd be fun. You kind of run spring training, deal with the outfielders, do some base running stuff. And then, then during the season, you act as a rover. Um, yeah, you travel 15 days out of the month and you're home 15 days out of the month and kind of just check on the, each team. Uh, I think that'd be a pretty good gig. Um, I don't know if I could coach at home or not. I mean, I, I'm sure I'd get talked into it, but just going from the professional level and having to adjust all the way to the high school level, I, I think it would be really hard for me to start. Um, just the expectations would be too high, and the speed of the game I'm used to now going to a Division Four level would be would take some time to adjust. So, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's uh, hopefully I can play for a while and not have to worry about it. But uh, I'll have to do something to keep me busy. I'm sure it would almost be like a cheat code. I think for Laura me, you and I would, would. I would imagine Coach Sanders will still be there. Um, he and me and Jeff talk a lot, actually. And, and during the winter time, I'll pop in a few times and just uh, just say hi to the boys and check out a practice, hit and throw and field a little bit with them. And uh, yeah, me and Jeff get along really good. So so hopefully he's he's around for a long time and he can do the coaching and he can deal with all the politics. And maybe I'll just do do some stuff on the side and just just work with the kids. And yeah, I, I think I'd enjoy that a lot more. Well, and that it would be such a neat thing because I mean, especially with having the family, being home, and being around that positive environment of if you can, everybody always says if you can make one kid better and get him to understand it, it gives back. Oh, bingo, bingo! That's that's the goal. You just 
you hope you can tell somebody one little trick of the trade here or there or one little swing adjustment or fielding adjustment or something base running and hopefully it sticks and then when you see it come to fruition you feel like a million bucks afterwards when you go to korea for long stretches of time what's the what's the thing you miss most from home that you can't get there obviously other than family oh boy food food uh, i struggle i I struggle with the food over here it's it's, uh, a lot of rice a lot of kimchi which is fermented cabbage um oxtail soup i mean it's just not real hearty meaty food so i miss my uh steak and taters um so just just not being able to get a big steak and a big baked potato that uh that's hard to find i was gonna say i've eaten in fort Laramie a handful of times i i I knew how that was gonna go oh geez yeah and between that and a good old cold bush light and a bag of doritos you just can't find that over here so (laughs) but if somebody would ship that over here that'd be like weight and gold i would have figured that they would have doritos but it would be like kimchi doritos and that's exactly right. They do got them, but they're just not the same as uh, whatever they are, the nacho cheese ones you can find in the state. So simple pleasures, I guess. Yeah. Just I, those little, little things you just miss. You should be – what you should do is uh, – my brother was in Iraq twice. My mom sent him care packages. You should get a Fort Lormie care package. I should. I should, I should get my wife to throw some stuff in a box and just ship it over here. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the wife and kids can come over here in about a month or so, and I'm sure I'll have plenty of goodies for her to bring along. How is that different, by the way, for people who don't know what your, I guess for a better lack of a term, allowed to do as a person over there right now versus how everything is here? So you're going to be quite shocked. It's kind of business as usual over here. Um, you know, I'll go out. The restaurants are open. Um, bars are open, uh, barber shops are open, you name it. There's people walking all over the streets. I got a little motorized scooter I kind of cruise around on. and um, <laughs> As if just being a 6'3 guy walking around wasn't bad enough. Yeah, yeah, I just stick out big and more, even more. But um, it's kind of business as usual. But everybody's got masks on. Um, I'd say 75% of the people wear a mask. Um, there's hand sanitizer. When you walk in every building, you know, get a mall, there's hand sanitizer right there. Um, so they just, I think they just take the extra step of cleaning more than usual. And it's just, I think it's, that's just kind of made made a difference. If you have, uh, you want to say anything to people back at home? Oh boy, just, just can't thank you guys enough. Uh, there's a reason why I, I still come back home to Fort Army. Uh, that's home. It's always going to be home. And um, it's just, I miss everybody. And just give me a few more years of this, and I'll be home. And then uh, we just hang out and enjoy life. <laughs> that's, I think that's the best way I could think to wrap that up. Uh, I, I thank you so much for doing this. Anytime you want to come on, I'd love to have you on. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for having me. It's, it's, uh, it's nice to speak English. You know, don't get too much talking baseball or sports over here. So it's, it's great, and thanks for having me. And uh, oh, we'll have to catch up this off season sometime. For sure. Uh, good luck with the season coming up next week. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yep. Take care. That's Jared Hoy. Get more about baseball and life here coming up. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah. 
And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer could come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Big thanks to Jared Hoying, talking about baseball, and I'll have him back on to at some point throughout the course of the season. And uh, hopefully it works out. Hopefully we're able to get to some games down and watch him play and just uh, the love that he has for the game. Like I said, we talked for close to 45 minutes, and I absolutely love talking to him. I hope that you enjoyed it and were able to get back and do that again. Uh, he's got a Twitter as well, and just a terrific follow. I don't know many pro athletes that I've talked to, and we've been lucky to have quite a few of them here in the area that love where they're from that much and and I love the stories that he tells about how he goes out of the way to make sure that he's listening to or watching whatever he can about Fort Loramie in the area and despite again jokingly what Sports Time Ohio would have you believe not from Minster just to clear that up but uh, a terrific dude I wish him all the best of luck and that's that's pretty much it there's not a lot else going on right now in the world of sports hopefully Next week, we have one of my favorite stories to uh, tell from a young lady who made it happen in Danny Ellerbrock of Ottawa Glendorf in the regional finals, a, I can't believe five years ago already, after she hit a uh, game winner up in Ontario. Just, uh, again, one of my favorite memories to watch those girls celebrate and get to go back to Columbus over a team that... Uh, a lot of D1 prospects. I don't know that anybody believed outside of their locker room or outside of Ottawa and Glidorf that they were going to win that game, but they did, and uh, she'll be on the show next week to uh, talk about that. And I'm working on getting uh, the some form of the 97 Lincoln View team on the show. We had Frank Kill, and he talked about what that championship meant, but uh, maybe one of his teammates or his coach in the coming weeks. I hope you... Come back and stay tuned. Tell a friend. Check us out on iTunes as well. And don't forget about Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.